All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am pleased to welcome back to the show my friend, Carmelita Valdez-McCoy. How are you today, Carmelita? Hey, Dana. I'm doing pretty good today. Yeah. Kind of pacing around. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Which is the new normal. I completely get it. Uh True story. I was uh, every once in a while I'm chatting to my girlfriend on the phone and she'll say, what are you doing? And I'll just say like, well, I'm just uh, aimlessly walking around the the, uh, the complex that I live in. And I don't think she genuinely took me serious about that until a few days ago. I'm aimlessly walking around at 730 in the morning, the parking complex, the, the parking lot of the complex I live in. She happened to be running an errand and drove by and her initial thoughts was, look at this guy just aimlessly <laughs> wandering around. And then she realized it was me. So she did a U-turn, came back and she's like, you really do just walk around mindlessly. I'm like, well, there's, no, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so, so I get it. You were it. taking in the sights. I was. I was. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I've gotten the best tan that I've had in years simply from just aimlessly walking walking around because, you know, Florida. <laughs> so well, I have a dog. And so she gets she gives me an excuse to exit the house and take a little walk around the neighborhood. Nice. And so it looks like I'm going somewhere like I have somewhere to be. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Other than that. So for the listeners, why don't you tell them what part of America you live in? And why don't you tell us a little bit about what life's like for you on a daily basis? Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Alameda, California. We're in the East Bay here. Uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with Alameda, because why would you be? It's pretty small. It's uh, We're an island in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we're we're connected to the city of Oakland by a series of tunnels and bridges. So Alameda is a really quiet place to live on a normal day. So when I'm walking around my neighborhood, things look about the same. Yeah. Because there's not much going on in Alameda to begin with. But definitely when I put on the news and I'm looking at the streets of San Francisco in pictures or Oakland, like Oakland recently, they just shut down a bunch of streets to traffic. Oh, Okay. They've turned, I think it was like 79 streets, they turned into pedestrian-only thoroughfares for the for the time being because they don't want people driving around unless they're essential workers or on essential supply runs or that sort of thing. So they've actually shut down a bunch of streets oh, in my. Oakland. Yeah, so it's been interesting here. We're in Alameda County, which is one of the six original counties in California to get a shelter-in-place order. I think that was like March 17th. So we're over a month in. The timing of this coincides with kind of a weird time in my life. I um, I spent the better part of last year planning my exit from the job that I had been working for almost five years. And I was messing with my budget, getting my spending down, making all these plans for leaving that job and taking some time off to make a really thoughtful job search, maybe go back and take some classes, refresh my skills. And so when this all started, I was unemployed and I was leisurely taking my time looking for work online. Um, so my day to day hasn't changed much from what it was in you know the last couple months before this all went down. So I watch a lot of movies. Sure. I'm reading a lot of books. My house is very clean. I've been listening to the lockdown sessions and it sounds like everybody has a really clean house right now and I'm no exception. My house is pretty clean. I even like I dusted the bookshelves <laughs> and like reorganized them, like weird things like that. 
but there is one project that I keep putting off. And I think if they, if they, if we get another extension, because our, our current shelter in place order is effective through March 4th, I believe. If we get another extension, which I suspect we will, I have no excuse not to start scanning all my old photographs. I have like boxes and boxes of <laughs> photographs from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s before we got smartphones. And it's like the most tedious, awful project that never gets done. And I think if I don't get that done during a lockdown, I don't know when it's going to happen. Th- <laughs> so that's might th- be the time. That's interesting because I, this morning when I was sitting outside, so just give you an idea of what a normal morning would have been like for me. A normal morning for me when I was working, I would still wake up about 7, 7.30 every morning because I'm one of these guys that even though I didn't have to go to work till 10 or 10.30, I never want to just get up and have to rush and go to work. I'm always about need those a couple hours, two hours, two and a half hours to sort of just get my mind right and just watch YouTube videos or listen to music while I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. So that's that's a typical morning. But I was always on the clock. You know, like I always like no matter what, there was always sort of that sense of I've got to go to work. So I'm always watching the clock. All right. Well, I got 45 more minutes. Or I've got 30 minutes. Now, of course, these have been extended indefinitely, these morning sessions. Now, this morning was the first time where I started to question Am I getting as much accomplished as I could possibly be doing right now? Because it seems to me that instead of just sitting outside for two hours, you're sitting out sometimes for five hours because what else is there to do? And fellow podcasters will know that editing is the bane of our existence when you have to edit a podcast episode. And I've got like four that I have to edit and they're so tedious. You cannot speed that process up. It is no matter what you do, you cannot speed it up. So you know, today I was sitting there and I guilted myself into saying, all right, you need to get back there and start editing that that fourth Terminator episode that you and Mike recorded. You've got to do it. And so I did. And I started to think to myself, like, when this is all over with, am I going to look back and say, did you really make the most of this time that you had? And I don't know if the answer is yes right now. <laughs> so I'm just thinking <laughs> yeah, about. I'm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. And task that sucked before this don't suck any less yeah now that you're kind of got a lot of time on your hands so that's definitely one thing like i was taking my time doing the job searching before this started and now that everybody's locked down and there's not a lot of clarity on what hiring is going to be like and when businesses will be bringing in people and what do hiring practices even look like during a a situation like this, I'm a lot less motivated no, I <laughs> to work on my resume and, you know, and do that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't know. I could do it tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. So now, now I find myself looking at the calendar going, Oh, okay. Well, you might not have that much more free time Dana. And I'm hoping that's the case. Like my goodness, I would, right. love, I would love nothing more than for them to say, okay, it's safe. That's the key word safe to go back to work Dana. And I would be the first person there. So I'm trying to really give myself a little bit of structure during this time. Cause that for the past four weeks, all I've been saying is I have no routine. I have no structure. And now I need to really just flip that around and be like, okay, so. You'll do your, you're going to go back to your normal coffee regiment, two hour max, then you're going to go back to doing something a little bit more productive. So the next question I have for you is in your area, mm-hmm. would you say that the 
majority of the population in your area are, are taking this serious as far as when they go out and uh, are most people wearing masks or most people practicing the social distancing? I mean, what are you seeing where you are at? And then I'll be happy to tell you what I'm seeing here. <laughs> I've seen I've seen pictures yeah. of what you're seeing there. <laughs> you know, you know, people here are taking it pretty seriously for the most part. You know, around my neighborhood, I, I see maybe a, a mother pushing a stroller with a baby, but she's crossing the street when there's other people coming right. or, you know, I'll, I'll see one or two people. It looks like they're from the same household, but I have no way of knowing that, but you know, they'll, they'll be walking and people are kind of keeping a distance. I know when I'm walking my dog around the neighborhood, I'm, I'm keeping a safe distance from folks and trying to stay out of everyone's way. Um, I, my husband and I have been taking turns doing the supply runs one supply run a week it's like get everything you need on this one trip so that we're not making numerous trips to the store and being out and about more than we need to be um, in the spirit of the guidelines and so i did the supply run not this week but last week and that was the first time i'd i'd went to target to go get paper supplies toilet paper paper towels that sort of thing and they had a line. It was all very orderly. People were keeping the six foot distance in line. They were single file. Um, they weren't whole families going shopping. Yeah. It was like one person standing in a line. Everyone was wearing masks. Uh, and that was before they made the masks mandatory. As of the 17th of this month, it's now required here in Alameda County okay. to wear a mask unless you're um, in your car driving alone or if you're exercising outdoors, but everyone, you know, any, any other trips you're making, we're, we're required now to wear a mask. People are taking it seriously for the most part. I think there are probably people who are still inviting friends or family over to their homes. There's probably some of that still going on because, you know, there's always people who kind of like to bend the rules, but I think people are taking it seriously. And well, I'm, I'm happy for that. That's encouraging over there. I wish I could say the same over here. Because for those listeners who don't know, I live in Florida. And if you're an international listener, Florida has a reputation here in the United States of just being a little bit different than everywhere else. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've lived here for 22 years. I love living in Florida. I love it. However, having said that, everything seemed to be kind of okay for the first three weeks. I would go to the grocery store. I would wear a mask. It's not mandatory here. In central Florida, there's only one county, which is maybe 50 miles away from here, where they have mandated that you have to wear a mask, kind of like what how you just explained it. Not the case where I live here. Last week, when they announced, when the White House announced that they had come up with their, their guidelines for reopening the country, I feel like a, a majority, not a majority, but a large group of people in the area that I live in took that as the all clear and everything is good to go. Uh -oh. Because when I went to the grocery store on Saturday, I was probably must have been uh, more than 100 people there. I was now one of only three people that was wearing a mask. And so I, I just said, oh, no, no, because that's not even what the guidelines said. It was like they said, if you reach this certain threshold, then you can start to do this. But, but we're not. Th uh, so long story short, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. They started opening the beaches here in Florida. And uh, look. Look, I've seen this movie before. 
It's called Jaws. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen the memes, all right, but that's very apropos for where I live right now. There is a church across the street. I, I know you've heard me talk about it on other, other lockdown sessions, church across the street. It was business as usual on, sat, on Sunday. I mean, they had hundreds oh, of people out there, cars parked right next to each other, windows rolled down. And my concern is now that I think more and more people are, are thinking that this is all starting to go away when I don't really feel like it is. And I think this is only going to make things worse. And I'm a little bit nervous because we're what's now the we're recording on April 21st. What's May 21st going to look like for us? Right. If, if people think this is all over with, I think it's going to be exactly like what it is today. I don't think anything changes. So it's very, yeah, it's very disconcerting here. It's definitely disconcerting. It's I get that this is it's really difficult for people and the uncertainty of it. And, you know, I feel for I, I'm pretty fortunate. It's just myself, my husband and our dog in a renting a two bedroom apartment. So we have plenty of space indoors. I feel for families that are trying to wrangle all their kids and homeschooling and the pressure people are under. Um, I get being antsy and not wanting to stay indoors anymore and wanting to socialize, of course. But yeah, in the absence of mass testing. Exactly. I mean, shelter in place orders is what we've got to, to try and minimize the impact on our healthcare system. It's just, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want to see the numbers go up again in terms of new infections and hospitalizations. I hope that that's not what it's going to take. Yeah. But, you know, we, we can all just do our part and I just do my part. It's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I'm taking this a day at a time and I'm doing my part to follow the guidelines. I'm not a person that loves authority. I don't like being told what to do, but it's, you know, it makes sense that I, I don't want to take the chance of catching something and then spreading it to others. So that's exactly it. And and I always want to emphasize that I know wearing a mask doesn't reduce my chances of catching the virus. But I know that if I have it and I'm asymptomatic, it will reduce I don't, I can't say, well, 100%, but it will minimize my ability to pass it on to someone else. So I'm not wearing a mask to protect me. I'm wearing a mask to protect the people that I'm around. And I, I just hope that that's, I mean, it sounds exactly, that's exactly what's going on where you're at. And that's great. That's great. Florida is a yeah. very complicated state. It's sure. very, very complicated. We went into a shelter in place April 1st, or stay at home or, mm -hmm. or what, but nothing has changed around here. I mean, the grocery stores are still busy. The Target's still open. Car dealerships are still open. I mean, all these things are, I guess, essential businesses that, that make no sense. I mean, obviously grocery right. stores, but these car dealerships, there was a report yesterday of a very popular car dealership. I won't name drop here. Very popular car dealership here in town. Reports are that one of the sales staff came down with uh, COVID-19. And Yikes. you would think that that would be out in the public. That they'd be like, hey, if you've visited this dealership, you need to be aware. No, the person who posted that, they had that post removed. I went to the dealership website. They said, we're closed for a deep cleaning. They're back open today. Oh, man. And so, yeah. I, again, it's just not people are not taking it serious here. No, I'm sorry. Let me say that. There are a lot of people that are taking it serious here. I'm not trying to just blanket say that. No, all of my friends are taking it serious. Yeah. P people that I know, a lot of people I know are taking it serious, but there are a lot of us here in Florida 
and s- there's still a lot that are not. Yeah, I guess that's it's what a I'm populist trying to say. state. Yeah, third most in the country. So yeah, it's a populist state, and it's it's hard not to be discouraged, even though you know personally so many people that are following the guidelines. Yeah, it's frustrating when you see the instances where folks aren't. Yeah, it's this. I mean, these are strange days. This whole yeah. thing is totally unprecedented. It's weird. I'll tell it's you, it's weird. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope I'm yeah. wrong. I would love nothing more. Look, here's the reality, and this is going to sound super selfish and super like, like completely not a big deal. All right, but Tom Brady just got traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. (laughs) And as a lifelong Patriots fan and a lifelong Tom Brady fan, I have some friends that are season ticket holders who have said, hey, Dana, I got you locked in for at least two games. You have a vested interest. I want to go to these things. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I'm not sitting here like on my high horse, like telling everybody you're wrong. You're wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I want things to go back to the way they were. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. You know, I want to go to a football game in five months. Like, I want to do these things. I want to go out to bars with my friends. I want to, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want to go to the movies. <laughs> you do. do. You really do. I know I do. There, I just bought a gift certificate for our local theater. There you go. Alameda has this beautiful historic theater um, in our little downtown area. And it's it's an old restored theater, Art Deco gold leaf everywhere it's gorgeous and then they've added on like the multiplex so they have the more modern um smaller theaters attached and so i just bought a gift certificate to support them and give me a reason to go back to the movie theater as soon as they're open again whenever that happens that's awesome i miss it so i'm sure you've saw the headlines about the one movie theater, one drive-in theater in the entire country is still showing first-run films, and that's the drive-in in my town. That's the Ocala movie. That's the Ocala drive-in. So, somebody posted posted on Twitter, Scott Mumford, if you're if you're listening, that was it made me laugh so hard this morning. He he, he tagged the story and he said, "I wonder if Dana Buckler bought two parking spots at the." <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, touche. Very well played. Very well played. I love it. A lot of people have reached out to me and said, are you are you going to go to the drive-in theater? And I'm like, well, I really haven't had a movie theater story that has taken place at the drive-in. So uh, maybe I'll go ahead, go ahead and just give it a shot. Who knows? What could possibly go wrong with me going to a movie theater, okay. drive-in theater? Well, you need to knock on wood right yeah. now because <laughs> as soon as you say that, you yeah. jinxed it. So, but I think that's, I think that's interesting. The there's one I can't remember the name of the film they cited, but one film's entire worldwide box office was based on the seventeen hundred dollars it took in at the Ocala Drive, and I think that's awesome. That's wild. That that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I think it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I think drive-ins are probably going to be uh, incredibly popular over the next six months. You might even see a few open up. You might legitimately That'd see the Regal or the AMC drive-in theater. And they'll find a way to screw it up, I promise. <laughs> but I will applaud the effort. I will, too. Anyway. I will, too. I will, too. Yeah, you know, I've never been to a drive-in. No, I've never been. The The drive-in theater in, in my hometown, that was closed in the early 80s. And it t- it turned into the the big parking lot where they do the swap meet every like the flea market every week, um, 
yeah, that, that drive-in was already closed when we, when we moved into my hometown. And I think the only other local one was in Santa Cruz, which was driving distance, but yeah, we never went. So that would be kind of fun if they brought drive-ins back. It'd be interesting because you kind of have that freedom of you're in your vehicle. And from what I understand, because I haven't been to this one, you pull in and you do turn into, you tune into a particular radio station that brought a short, like, and, and you, so you listen to your car. So, I mean, I can see some advantages. I mean, of course I'd want to have the perfect, you know, parking spot and, you know, I'm right. Cause I go to watch the movies. I think a lot of people go to the drive-ins would go just more to socialize with friends. Right. And, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm on the yeah, fence. I mean, there's, there's no substitute for the in theater experience. Correct. Even though it's not perfect, even though there's plenty of issues, it, there's nothing like it. I, I still, um, for as many know. bad experiences I've had, and I've had a few that never stops the level of excitement that I get when I pull into the parking lot and I get out of my car and I start walking towards that huge multiplex and I say, this is it. I can't wait to see this movie. And there's no, like, even if something goes wrong, it never diminishes or dilutes that feeling I get of going to the theater. It's something I've, I've loved to do. When I was 18 years old, my first apartment was based on, was it within walking distance? of a movie theater. Like that was the criteria for my first apartment. Wasn't even what was the rent is how close is it to a multiplex? And that was two, uh, excuse me, 1996. That was the summer of Dana for movies. I I went and saw everything. (laughs) 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 Yeah. We, um, I mean, yeah, I've always enjoyed going to the movie theater. I think there was a time, there was a time when I first left home as a young adult that I would go to the movies every Sunday and I mean, I would just see whatever. And there was a group of friends and we would all get together and we'd all go to the movies. And and then after I graduated from college, I went through a, a period where I was like destitute. And so I didn't go to the movies for a couple of years. Um, and I over the years, it kind of ebbs and flows. But anytime I can get to the movie theater, I'm I'm happy to be there, even when there's shenanigans. Can somebody speak, maybe if you can speak to this, that would be awesome. Um, if you can't, I'm going to invite listeners to please reach out to me. I have yet to go to a movie theater that serves you food while you're in the theater. Like they have. I can't speak to this. Okay. Cause I have some questions for you because I've never gone because I get anxiety about the thought. Pro- my, my thoughts give me anxiety about being interrupted while the movie is playing by the server? Is that an actual thing? Does that happen? Or do they just bring your food before the movie starts? Please take me through your experience at one of those theaters. Right. So I think some time ago, I was, I remember visiting Texas once and going to one of those out. Like it was like, I don't know if it was an Alamo draft house or if it was a different chain, but similar. And that, that time they did bring our food while the, the previews were playing. Okay. And much like yourself, I was a little like nervous about I want the food to get here before the movie starts because I don't want them walking in front of the screen and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So our theater here in Alameda, that historic theater I was mentioning earlier, there's a restaurant that is owned. uh, It has same owners. It's attached um, but they have a separate entrance for the restaurant. So people can go patronize the restaurant or they can go to the movies, or you can buy reserved 
tickets and a meal and they and you have like a there's a special entrance you can go in through that takes you around the back rather than through the box office and all the reserved seating is is the seating all those two z's (laughs) (laughs) that whole area is all reserved and they bring you your food before the movie starts and it was awesome they had like a really nice um reusable plastic tray that they set up our beverages and our food items on. And then you can just put, when you're done eating, you can just put that on the floor and they have a place for you to drop it off after the movie. So there's nobody coming in to come and grab it from you. Okay. It was really nice. So you have a reserved seat and tasty food and no one was interrupting the film. So I really enjoyed it and I would do it again. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's put my mind a little bit at ease because I'll be all for someone serving it. I can handle the previews, although I'm just going off. My mind's going in 20 different directions right now. I'm thinking about the last time I went to the movies and why there were more than half the people in the crowd think it's okay to talk during the previews. I'll never understand that, but that's just my mind going all over the place. Carmelita. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never understand that because don't you want to, don't you want something to, don't you want to, uh, you know, a preview of what's to come? Having said that, right. I'll be, I'd be fine with someone bringing the food during the previews as long as they're like, I just got this vision of like, the server keep coming back. Are you good? Can I get you a refill? Would you like something else? I'm just like, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to watch. Oh yeah. Movie. No, not an issue at our local theater. And I'm, and I'm sure that there are others that are doing it a similar way. Cause yeah, you don't want to interrupt the movie and I'm sure they don't want to stumble around in the dark either. Yeah. So yeah, they, we ordered, they brought it. We were in our reserve seats and because they were reserved, there was no one sitting next to us. Oh, sounds I mean, it's awesome. a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, yeah that sounds pretty- awesome. So, so here we are. We're we're reminiscing about things that we hope will come back. It's kind of scary to think that all of that is is on hold for a while. And it's you know, it's it's as much as I used to complain about the movies, I miss it so much. I just can't wait to go back. Yeah, so. you know, I I think if there's a silver lining, which I know is really annoying to hear when, <laughs> when everything feels bad and bleak. But if there's a silver lining, this is an opportunity to reprioritize. It's an opportunity to be like, you know, I used to talk a lot of shit about kids on their phones in the movies. I would give anything to be sitting in a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> Grumbling about the kids on their phones. So, you know, I, I, have, an, I have a renewed appreciation for certain things. I, you know what? That's a really, really awesome way to look at it because you're right. I, I think back about just my job and some of the things that used to annoy the, the fuck out of me at work. And I look back and I say, you know what? It really wasn't that bad. Now, it really wasn't that bad. And, I, and I've been out of work now for five weeks and I start to just think about it a little bit like, God, mm. can I still do my job effective at a, you know, at the, the level I used to do it? And I'm just... My mind just starts wandering and, and you realize, like you said, it's it, a lot of stuff that used to we used to get annoyed over. Really not that big of a deal. It's an event like this can be very humbling to everybody. It's like, oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're we're totally not in control sometimes. Absolutely. Well, and you know, on one of the recent um, live Q&A's that you and Mike did, those have been delightful. So anyone listening who hasn't participate in one of those yet please do the next time that 
Dana or Mike announces one because they're fun. Well, thank Everyone's you. Everyone's on YouTube chatting. Uh, but we were talking about earthquakes and the 89, the California 89 earthquake came up. And I can tell you, when I experienced that, we had no power for like four days. And that was back before the internet. So no internet. Even if we had had power, we wouldn't have had the internet. It was like literally sitting around for four days, only able to really do things in the daytime. And at night, everything was done by candlelight. And <laughs> there was like nothing going on. It's like, like that was tough. Were, and were there... when I think about places where there's, you know, natural disasters where people have no power, or no water for extended periods, like that's a disaster. Yeah. I'm home with the internet, with all of my little Blu-ray discs and my VHS and my DVDs, and I have all my books and I have podcasts and I can charge my phone. And yeah. I mean, what do I have to complain about? No, you're right. You're right. Uh, I On that same uh, live stream that we did, I talked about uh, 2004, this area I was at, we hit by back-to-back hurricanes in a, in a three-week period. And we were out of power that entire time because the first hurricane comes through, knocks our power out. I call the local utility company. They tell me I'm literally 975 on the list <laughs> of people, uh, you know, like they're just literally categorizing each call. Right. Because the, the wind had just snapped the power line from the street to my house. So it was like, well, it's not something I could just hook up. You know, you've got to have someone come out and do it. So, you know, it took them two weeks to get out to our place. So we're two weeks without Ooh. power. They finally That's get rough. hooked up. And then another hurricane comes through, takes it down again. So we were out of power for like my roommates and I for like four and a half, five weeks. Now, the only saving grace was that we had gas for, we had gas for heating and we are, our, the house we were in was a little bit old and it had a gas stove. So we could still cook food nice. on the stove. And since we had gas for the heat, the hot water heater, we could still take hot showers. But this is August in Florida and you don't want to take a hot shower. That was, look, no, like make no mistake about it. It was <laughs> miserable because it was 2004. There's no such thing as smartphones in 2004. No. Like we had nothing to do. You really have to make yeah. your own fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we drank a lot. I mean, a lot. That was that was the one thing that we did. It was we had a lot. We had a lot of out of power parties at the house because there was nothing else you could do. It was just people and come right. over and just entertain. Right? Um, so I get it. Like here I am. I'm talking to you uh, across the country, right yeah. in, in real time. I can see you as I'm talking to you. I'm looking around. I can hear my air conditioner running fine. I have internet. You know, I can go to the store and get food if I have to. I've got water. I mean, I've, you're right. Like. This is not that bad at all. However, it could be a lot worse. June first. I don't, I don't want to minimize. Yes. You know, for folks who are out of work and are waiting yeah. on unemployment yeah. or having trouble. Hi. Getting As I'm putting my, I'm putting my hand up. Hi. Yep. Yeah. One of absolutely. Them. Yep. <laughs> like people are having some real struggles. Yeah. For sure. But you know, I think for me anyway, I've got to just try. <laughs> I've got to just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other and try and focus on the stuff that I've, I've got. You're right. You just got to stay positive about it. You really do. And I, and I, I do. I, I, again, I just want to echo what you said. I don't want to minimize what other people are going through. I understand. Like I am, and I'm never looking for sympathy when I say this, but I am unemployed. 
I technically have no income coming in right now, which is right. for the first time I, I, I'm 42 years old for the first time in my adult life. I, I don't have a job and it's so strange for me because I've always been, you know, I've always worked no matter what, like right. you know, that's, that was just my thing. I've always worked. So, and there are people up and it's just me. You know, I don't have I don't have kids, you know, it's it's just me. So there are people out there, probably people listening that are in much worse situations than we are right now. So you're right. I don't want to minimize that at all. But at the same time, you know, it could we be all worse. We just got to get through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all in it together. It's so do you ever just take a moment and just think about the fact that <laughs> this is happening everywhere on the planet. This yes. is not an American thing. Like, this is not a Canadian thing. This is happening everywhere. I was talking to my friend, Joe, who lives in, she's going to kill me if I get this wrong, uh, Melbourne, Australia. I think so, Joe. <laughs> I think that's where he lives. You know, <laughs> we were chatting on Facebook Messenger a couple of weeks ago, and she was just describing, you know, the identical scenario to what you and I are talking about. So it's just, you know, 20 years down the road, you know, the next generation is going to ask us, what was it like to go through the 2020 quarantine? I have, I don't know what it's going to be officially called. I don't know what yeah, the name we'll is going to be. I'm curious. But, and I'll just, you know, and if, you know, if I'm asked, I'll just be honest. I'll be like, you know, it was, it was different. It was, <laughs> it was <laughs> unprecedented. There was a lot of really funny memes on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, so many memes. You know, and I think that I think people underestimate just the sense of humor that people can have and and you need to be able to laugh during times like this because it does help you help relieve a little bit of stress because I know I have my moments where I get a little overwhelmed by the stress, but and then I'll just read some, you know, I'll just see the the picture of the mayor of Jaws next to the governor of Florida and I'll just chuckle. Even though it's true, I just chuckle. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got to, right? It's like, what's the alternative? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So, so you could laugh or you could cry. So so for people that are listening to this a couple years down the road, because, you know, I'm going to make sure I keep these episodes up for as long as I do this show. So I want this to be a, a look back in history. You know, right now, as of April 21st, you know, we're all, you and I, we're, we're doing okay right now. You know? Yeah. I hope we're not recording a lockdown session, Carmelita, in September. Oh, because by that, by that point, I'm just going to be like, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens next. This is like, um, you know, I don't know about you. When I was a kid, I used to love those choose your own adventures. Yes. And I was the kid that would cheat <laughs> and skip ahead to like read and be like, oh, no, okay, I don't want that one. So yeah. I'll go back and I'll try a different, I'll try a different <laughs> outcome. Because I'm, I'm, I, I, I just couldn't leave it to chance. I had to know. I'm one of those people that likes a sure thing and likes to feel secure and likes to know what's going on and what's going to happen and plan ahead. And that's just not, that's just not how this is going down. No, and we're just going to wait and see what happens. And you know, I'm hoping that they can meet some of these kind of milestones that they're looking to meet in terms of testing and in terms of um, the numbers going down and declining steadily. And I'm hoping all of those things start to happen and, you know, they'll start to have restaurants open back up maybe with a smaller capacity or that people will start going back to work in a smaller capacity and people who can work from home do work from yeah. home and those who need to go into the office can or, or they rotate or whatever they end up doing. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll start to see that in the coming 
months. And I love what you said Fingers about. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. And I love what you said about sort of a short thing, because I'm one of these people, I'm very meticulous about, I'll just use it in a movie as an example. Okay, do I want to see that? All right, when do I want to see that? Okay, I'm, have I purchased my ticket? Let me get my ticket now. What time does the box office, what time is the auditorium open? Okay, it's an 11 o'clock showing. It's going to take approximately 12 minutes for me to get my concession. So I need to be here at this mm-hmm. time. And I'm I'm like a stickler about that. You want to see a stressed out me, watch me try to go to a movies with a friend of mine who's driving and the movie starts in 10 minutes and we're 20 minutes away. I'm like, no, no, we can't go. We can't go. I freak out. I freak out. I'm the same way. I am one of those people who, you know, I was, gosh, I had a terrible fear of flying and I was, and flying for me was one of the worst experiences. Like I was white knuckled the entire time. I hated it. And I realized it's because it was more or less about me not sort of being in control and I was putting mm. my, so what did I do to get over my fear? I started studying aviation as much as oh, possible nice. and I started learning as much as possible and I started learning about all the different aircrafts and I can tell you everything you want to know about any type of Boeing or Airbus or Embraer or any type of any type of uh, you know aviation any type of airplane I know all about the redundancy systems that are built into these planes and the fact of the matter is they just they don't crash you know like they're, they're safe and now right. I, now I love flying I love it when I flew from from LA to Orlando, I was on a 737-900 and it was first class and it was the four and a half hour flight. It could have been 10 hours. I was loving it. I'm loving it. So I get a little nervous about this particular situation. The more I look into it, the more I'm like, I don't want to look into this anymore. I don't, right. I don't want to say, I don't want to read any more about this. <laughs> you know, you try to learn as much as you can about the, about the coronavirus. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'm sure if I, I'll, I'll be a little bit more relaxed if I just learn more about this. And I'm like, no. I don't want to read any more about this. I don't want to know anymore. I, I, this is stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's finding that balance because I'm yeah. the same way too. Knowledge is power and I feel better when I I do all my little research and I find out everything I can find out and that makes me feel more secure. Yeah. Um under normal circumstances. But yeah, this is one of those situations where having the news on all the time or reading all the articles it can definitely get you spinning and I don't need that, man. No, I just really don't. And I really like, I, <laughs> I will open up a couple news apps on my phone in the morning and I'll read the headlines and it's groundhog day. You know, every day the headlines are mm-hmm. just, just terrible. And I understand that, you know, a lot of these news companies that, you know, they have to sell advertising. So they got to, sure. they got to keep people watching. And I'm not getting into that whole thing because I think regardless of what you do here, I think there are some really good journalists out there and I try to pay attention. Absolutely. I try to pay, pay attention to them no matter who's telling you that they're not real. Anyway, I don't want to get into that one either. So <laughs> that being said, there's a few, there's a few journalists that I, I keep my eye out and, you know, but other than that, I've stopped. I've stopped like I'll, in the morning. Look, I, I've got my phone set for breaking text alerts. If there's something crazy that happens, right. you know, I'll know. But I actually do that with the local, the local news stations here mm-hmm. because that's what's going to impact me. You know, so when they, when they announce that Florida is going to a lockdown, I got a breaking news text alert about that. Okay. Well, that's important. I need to know that. So that's what, Yeah. but I'm not watching my God. I'm not watching those white house daily press briefings. I can't can't watch those. Yeah, you'll you'll make yourself crazy. Yeah, I'm doing something similar. It's like I give myself 15 minutes, whether it's to kind of scroll through the news feed or to watch the morning news while I have my first cup of coffee in the morning. I'll get 15 minutes just to make sure I'm up to speed on any breaking news. But other than that, 
I'm finding other things to do. Yeah. I'm being very choosy about what I'm clicking on in social media. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know, social media is really funny because it's, I mean, right now it's the way that we're all keeping in contact for the most part. I don't know about you. I don't talk on the phone a lot. No. I I, I did that in my my teens where I would talk for hours till my ear was red. I've met my lifetime quota yes. of long phone calls. Yes. Um, but, you know, and I, and I have been doing more phone calls and more Skype calls since this started. I have my best friends are kind of all over the country and we're used to communicating through across long distances. And we thought we've been doing a little more of that because everyone's on the same schedule right now, which is no schedule. Yeah. Um, but, you know, social media is this great way for people to continue to connect and to connect with people in other places and find out what's going on there. It's also a great way to make yourself crazy. <laughs> so I'm being really careful about what I'm clicking on, but I'm enjoying connecting with people. Yeah, it's we're, yeah. we're, we're getting through it. Yeah, I'm actually quite thankful for social media these days. And I was always someone who was like, you know, I, there, there were times when I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with all of it. I'm like, well, you've got your show. You've got to promote it on across social media. So right. you, you can't get rid of the accounts just yet, Dana. But having said that, no, I've, I have found in this uh, almost five week period that I've been in that I've been reconnecting with a lot of people I haven't talked to in a long time. And it's nice. It's nice. It's nice just to reach out and Talk about an easy way to get in touch with people. You can, it's not like just yeah. even calling. You can send a message and they'll read that message. Hi, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. Here's my number. Give me a call. Text me. It's great. It, it really is. No, absolutely. So let's talk about, let's talk about some movies. More specifically, yeah. let's talk about some movie recommendations because one of the things that I've asked every guest of the lockdown sessions to do is give me a list of what you've been watching or, or what you can recommend for me to watch. And I've been having a lot of fun with a lot of these recommendations. Like I've, It's just been great. It's been great. I've, I've watched so many different things from across all the different spectrums. So, Carmelita, what do you, what do you got for me? What, what recommendations oh, can you man. make? I mean – I'm watching a lot of movies. Okay. A lot, a lot. And I, I'm the kind of person I like themes. Yes. I love a theme party. I love themes. So I, like on a day where I've kind of committed to, you know, today I want to watch some movies. I'm going to pick a theme and I'll pick a theme. Like one day it was uh, stories of the supernatural that start with the C, the letter C. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I love it. Like, you know, so I'll, I'll, I kind of turn it into my own little theme party for one. You, li and, if I could for a second, you literally just made me think of John Cusack and High Fidelity with his record collection. Yes. Like, like, it was literally just that immediately popped into my head. I love that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm him. Yes. I love it. I, I do this. I used to, I used to organize my books by theme rather than alphabetically, kind of like he does albums by autobiographically, yeah. same kind of <laughs> Love deal. It. So I get it. So every day's a little a little different. Something that I thought about in preparation for today, I was thinking like what's some of the most fun I've had watching movies at home in the last couple weeks. There were a few movies that came to mind and I noticed that they all had something in common. And that was diegetic music. Okay. All of these movies have musical performances that are part of the narrative that the characters are experiencing in some shape or form. I don't know about you. I love going to see live music. 
I think that's one thing um, that I, I miss and I look forward to getting back to when when they're able to start opening up venues to do that again. I had tickets to go see Adam Ant in April and they've rescheduled it for October. Okay. I have a feeling October's not going to happen either. But I love live music. And so movies that feature prominent music, it's like I get to have a little concert in my house. And so I noticed when I was kind of thinking back on the movies I've been watching that those were some of my favorite movie experiences recently. So I was also inspired by the news. My first recommendation for you is Valley Girl. Okay. 1983. A classic, an old favorite for many of us but it might be new to some. It's available on digital for the first time as of last week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, when you say digital, you mean digital VOD to rent, or is it on a streaming Correct. platform? Okay. Yeah, to rent. You can rent it on iTunes. You can rent it on um, Amazon Prime. Available for the very first time. Now, is it in a – so so VOD in a high-definition format? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. I haven't watched Isn't that movie so in exciting? 25 years. I'm going to watch oh. – oh, okay. Now, So, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. I've always like I I'm not someone who's scared of technology, but I am someone who when I have a collection of something, I'm very hesitant to adopt the new thing. So I in my late teens had started as soon as I started working regularly, I started buying up VHS and I have a pretty decent VHS collection, which I still watch because we have a VHS player. We have a VCR. When DVD came out, all my friends started getting DVD players and everyone was renting DVDs. And they were like, Carmelita, when are you going to get a DVD player? Because I watched so many movies and I, at that time, would rent movies like every week. And I said, no, I'm not getting that DVD player. Well, there's nothing wrong with my VHS. And, and everyone constantly asking me. And then Valley Girl was released on DVD. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it was out of print on VHS. You couldn't find the VHS unless it was like a used copy from a video store that they were getting rid of you couldn't find it and if you could find it it was expensive they released it on dvd and that was when i got a dvd player i love it for love valley it. girl and now it's the only reason now physical media is disappearing and i know and so that's interesting so do you have you bought the digital license of valley girl so I have not bought the digital license, but I have it on DVD and Blu-ray. Okay. All right. You're good. You're good. I'm I'm good. Um, but yeah, this is a perfect time for folks to revisit Valley Girl. It's on there. The music in the movie is awesome. You've got rock bands. You've got new wave bands. The music is part of the story, but it's not a musical. It's not um, a story about the music, but the music is prominent. You get Nick Cage, young Nicolas Cage at his most heartthrobbiest. He's <laughs> totally dreamy I in love this it. movie. I love it. It's so good. What a good recommendation. I haven't watched that in, in like I said, in probably 25 years. So I, I'm making that list. You know, every time I do this, do I, I, I put a list together. So that is now, that's, I'm writing this down. This is now top yeah. of the list for what I'm going to watch tonight. It's a fun, lighthearted watch. It's a comedy and I don't watch a lot of comedies, but it's, the jokes really land. When I watched this for the gazillionth time a week ago, I was laughing when the music's playing, I'm kind of moving to it. It's like throwing yourself a little party in your house. Awesome. 
watching Valley Girl. Nice job. Nice work. All right. Perfect. So I also recently watched Tape Heads, also a comedy. Interesting. Interesting you brought that up. Have you seen Tape Heads? Okay. So, no. Yes and no. I've seen... Let me explain. Please do. I turned that on. This is maybe 15 years ago. I don't know. Early 2000s. This is back when I still had cable with the the movie channel Showtime, Uh the movie channel and uh, HBO. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm one of the, you know, Cinemax has eight different versions of Cinemax. And I don't know what it was. And I turn it on. And it was right in the middle of one of their musical performances. And I Mm. didn't know what the heck I was watching. (laughs) And I was like, what is this? And I clicked on the channel guide and it said tape heads. And I was just like, I don't know. And I've seen it come up from time to time. And I've seen you reference it a couple times on social media. So please tell me a little bit more about this film. Because Let me I've, tell you a little bit more. Please do. Please do. So Tape Heads is a comedy. Again, one of the few comedies that I actually rewatch. It's Tim Robbins and John Cusack who play young men who are trying to embark on a career as music video producers because this is the 80s you know and so music videos were the big thing and so tim robbins plays the artiste he's the one that has the artistic vision and he wants to make videos as an art form and he wants to be like a filmmaker and john cusack plays the friend who's kind of serving as the producer. He's more of the entrepreneur who wants to turn this into a successful business. And so the story kind of follows them trying to get work as, as music video producers. And they, they, there's a, a fun cast of characters. Don Cornelius plays an agent. Uh, He's in it. There's so one thing that's really cool, two very famous musicians who are, in the movie junior walker um and sam moore from sam and dave the singing duo they play soul singers that are kind of has-beens and they're like the favorite band of um tim robbins and john cusack's character but so they shoot all these music videos there's really funny music kind of parodies of old school rap of new wave there's a song um that's sung by devo but devo isn't in the film there um the song is performed by this swedish new wave band that they made up uh jello biafra from the dead kennedys has a cameo towards the end of the film um it's just really fun it's a trip back to the 80s it's a look at that tension between being true to your artistic creative self and trying to make money and that ever-present question of should you sell out what does it mean to sell out um it's it's fun awesome it's okay. funny it's a good time where can i find that where's the best way to so place? i watched it on my vhs okay <laughs> but i did some digging and i looked it is available on tubi and on amazon prime for free okay i actually have well Tubi is, for everybody who doesn't know, Tubi is one of those ad-supported streaming services. So, mm-hmm. all the movies are on there. You can watch There's a few ads that play. I do have the Amazon Prime. So, I'll, I'm putting that on the list. Nice. Yeah, nice it's another work. one. It's short. I think it's only like 
90 minutes or something. It's not a long film. So, and it's really, it's a, it's a fun one. It seems to me like I just came into that film just at the, at the wrong time, like to, to just flip yes. on the channel going, the hell is this? <laughs> is that Tim Robbins? What is going on here? Is that John Cusack? I've, I've never heard of this before. What is this? What is yeah. this? So I can think of a, I can think of a few scenes that if you were to just put it on without context yeah. that it would be a little off-putting start from the beginning give it another shot for you i will absolutely absolutely now so so those two recommendations are films i've seen many many times i knew going into it that it was going to make me feel good to watch them the next recommendation i have is a film i had heard about I knew about, but I had never watched before. And you and I have have talked about this off air about taking this opportunity to watch movies that you've never seen before yes. that you've always meant to or you've heard of and never had. And I recently got a subscription to Shutter. Okay. I don't know why I had put off it's subscribing to Shutter. Six bucks a month. Like you can't beat that. You can't you beat can't. that. They have great content. And, and it's a, t a really reasonable price. I'm loving it. And so it finally, they gave me the opportunity to finally see Phantom of the Paradise. Okay. I have not seen that yet. Tell me it's about it. It's on Shutter. Tell me about it. So Phantom of the Paradise, it's bonkers. I love it. If you're a fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, it might give you some similar feelings structurally the way that it's structured but it's a very different story it's really cool it's kind of a mix of it's like a take on the phantom of the opera faust and oscar wilde's the picture of dorian gray but it's like this rock opera okay and it's it's kind of looking at the music industry and how exploitative that can be Again, not unlike tape heads, kind of this look at what does it mean if you sell out? And you have this whole thing about kind of selling your soul to make your music and and the sacrifices that people make to make it big. Paul Williams is in this. Um, it's just, it's really cool. How old is it's the movie? When did it come out? 74. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a couple of performances, stage performances that are part of the narrative, but it's not a musical. So there's dialogue, but it's just it's really an interesting story. It's funny like, a, and there's some dark humor, great costuming, some beautiful shots because it's Brian De Palma and Brian De Palma is so good with color. Oh, yeah. The story really moves. This is another short, relatively short film it's hour and a half so it's a really good time awesome all right um that's um, I've, I've got shutter no reason why not to it it gave me those rocky horror vibes that awesome. feeling you get and so i could see this being a movie that i will go back to again and again all right that's now that i've finally seen it one more in this vein not as funny it's a little more serious but it's a party velvet goldmine 1998 haven't seen it can you believe this? Oh, this is good, though. So good. No, no, this is good. This is good for me because I'm looking for things yeah. I haven't seen. This is perfect. I've heard of it. Yeah. So Velvet Goldmine came out in 1998. You've got Ewan McGregor after Train Spotting, but before Star Wars. Okay. 
So you get you get a nice sweet spot Wait for Ewan McGregor. Wait a second. Go on. Go on. I'm starting to I'm starting to get glimpses that maybe I have seen this and I just don't remember. Jonathan Reese Myers, who at that time was was doing British films but hadn't crossed over into doing much American stuff. So it was like before the Tudors. It's colorful. It's the movie's about glam rock in the early seventies. I've seen that. As soon as she, as soon as you said you and McGregor in that time period, I said this is a this is about a rock star. Wait a second. Yes, they very loosely, very loosely, kind of took little bits and pieces from the legend and lore of David Bowie, yeah, Ziggy Stardust, right? Yes. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's uh, immediately what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. kind of pulled from that. I would. I would say to anyone watching it, like this is not, <laughs> this is not by any stretch of the imagination based on a true story. They, you know, they've taken a lot of liberties and kind of taken old rumors and stories and and also added those in. But it's it's really cool. It's colorful. The soundtrack is amazing. They they came up with a band for the film, The Venus and Furs, and Tom York is the vocalist on that. There's other musicians that are um, playing in this studio band that they came up with for the film. Ewan McGregor sings a song, a Stooges song. They've got music from Roxy Music, the Cockney Rebel, like all these 70s glam rock bands. It's really cool. Tony Collette's in it. Okay. She does an amazing job. It's just really fun. Nice. Really Christian Bale's in it. I remember this would have been this would came out what 90 wait is it 98? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 98 was right. I was 20. I didn't know what I was doing. I probably rented that movie and probably watched 30 minutes of it and just went probably went right over my head. <laughs> like I, I I'll, I'll admit to just being at a different stage 22 years ago than than I am now. I'm I'm going to watch. I think of all the recommendations you've given me because I always pick one yeah. on the night on the days that I record. I think I'm going to go Velvet Goldmine as my movie to watch tonight. I I've seen Valley Girl. Tapeheads that's going to be requ- that's going to require a, a certain amount of research before I watch that one, but I'm looking forward to watching <laughs> that one. Cuz I just want to I want to know exactly where Tim Robbins and John Cusack were at in their careers when they made this movie. Right. I, mean, I need to know who directed yeah. it, who what what was the box office, what was the budget. Like I I I always want to put myself in transport myself into the mindset. All right, I got to go back to the 80s when I watch this, you know, I got to take everything. No, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart because sometimes when you when you find something from that time period as an adult and you're seeing it for the first time, if you're, if you're not thinking of the historical context, it can be easy to be like, what is this? Yeah. You know, and I've always been one of those people that's very much like put yourself, transport yourself into that time period. That's why I still think Jaws is so effective as a movie. Yeah. So, and it is. And, and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, which when you, I, I, put, I put my list of my five perfect movies, we've been participating in that on Twitter. I noticed mm-hmm. that, um, Jaws are there. I think you and I also mirrored what Jim did by putting uh, Boogie Nights on the list as well, which I also think is a perfect movie. It is perfect. So, do you have any more, or is that do you want to just leave it at that for right now? Um, you know, I would just, I would just say whatever makes you feel good. I'm really enjoying looking at movies that I haven't seen before, giving them a spin because it's like, why not? I think you and I, we were talking the other day, we we're talking about the conversation. Yeah loved it how, why did it take me so long yes yes we were talking about i was talking about how i, how I 
just recently watched the film because I was just, you know, you get Francis Ford Coppola makes The Godfather, which is arguably one of the greatest films ever made. It really is. No question. And then he follows that up with the conversation. Like a lot of people, I think a lot of people think that it was uh, the Godfather, then the Godfather part two. That was like just right. this, just his one after his, his, his one, two punch. But it's like, no, no, he made this incredible movie in between with Gene Hackman, which is absolutely amazing. But it's a seventies movie. You have to put yourself into that mindset of, yes. and it is so good. So I don't want to say more than that, but if you have not seen you know the conversation. You know what would make a great double feature at home? If you were going to say blowout. Yes. Yes, I because I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same yes. thing. Brian DePaul. Watch the conversation and then, watch, and then blow watch Blowout. Absolutely. And then listen to my episode where I talk to John Travolta and he talks a little bit about Blowout. Shameless plug for the show. So. Oh, but I mean, it's essential listening. It is essential listening. So I w- before we wrap things up, I want to tell you about a little journey I went on last night. And it is not a great it's not a great journey. Not a great journey. <laughs> but it was one that I had to I had to take myself down and that was, I was on Netflix last night and I just hit the search bar. And you know what? Sometimes when you hit the search bar, if you just put a letter in, just mm-hmm. one letter and you just get this list. So I put the letter P in for whatever reason. And I just got this list. And at the top was all seven police Academy movies. Oh, wow. And I said to myself, now there's a series that I have not watched since I was a kid. Now I'm 42 so the first Police Academy movie came out in 1984. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents didn't let me watch that one because that one, people forget, mm. is R-rated. Yes. For a reason. It's definitely R-rated. So I watched Police Academy last night. Um, You know, I got to tell you, and I did some research. Like That was an incredibly successful movie when it came out. Like That was, yeah, that was like in the top 10 uh, highest grossing films of 1984. Huge. Um, g- doesn't <laughs> a lot of the jokes don't <laughs> land well today in 2020. I can tell you that. I was just kind of like, yeah. oh, ooh. Um, and so I just said, all right, well, let me just start Police Academy 2. And I just went down this journey where I watched like 20 minutes of the f- first six Police Academy movies last <laughs> night because I just genuinely wanted to, because as a kid, Putting the first one aside because my parents didn't let me mm-hmm. watch that. But from 85, 86, 87, 88, and 89, every year another Police Academy movie came out. And every year my parents yeah. would rent one of those for us. So we we were watching them as little kids growing up with these films. And I can tell you that Police Academy 2 has some <laughs> genuine laughs in it. And has some, some, uh, some genuine laugh out loud moments from what I watched. But boy, oh boy, is it diminishing returns with each su- <laughs> subsequent film. By the time we got to Police Academy 4, and I was telling Angie, my girlfriend, this morning, because I was telling her on the phone about this journey I went on last night. Yeah. And she goes, well, weren't you saying that the movies got bad after Steve Gutenberg left the series? And I said, well, yeah, I did say that because that's how I remembered it. But no, no, I was, I was, <laughs> when we get to Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, I was, uh, oh. I was feeling really, really bad for Gutenberg in that film. And I just felt yeah. like, yeah, they must have wrote him a big check to be in this one because this thing is not <laughs> good. 
And then we get to five, which is assignment Miami Beach. And I'm like, and then, oh, and that one. But pound for pound, I would say, if I'm going to rank them, I would say that Police Academy 2 is actually the funniest of the series. So, two, I can't even recommend one because some of the humor is so off-putting in 2020 that it's just like, uh, right. I can't even, it's it not. It feels it, yeah, kind of sketchy. Yeah, you don't even want to laugh at just that. throw it out there. Yeah. Um, but three, you know, four. You know, I, ha- I haven't seen the police academy movies since I was a kid. And I'm not sure how many of them I've actually seen because they, they kind of all in my yeah. memory, just all blend together. Um, What's well, interesting. You say that because there were scenes scenes that were happening in four that I was sure happened in three. Gotcha. So yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Didn't that, ha- I thought that happened in police academy because they, they're the same cast. And the, right. it's just, uh, Especially three and four, they're they're literally the same movie. They're the <laughs> same, same movie. movie, and they're all like eighty-four minutes long. Like none of them, they're not long at all. And it's <laughs> they're they're always these really, especially especially parts parts three and four. Not so much one and two, but three and four in particular, because I would just fast forward like on Netflix. All mm-hmm. right, I, I was so I didn't want to watch like really watch the first twenty minutes. I watched twenty minute versions of these films. Like, ah, let me do three and four. Do these really unique things that a lot of movies did, a lot of comedies did in the eighties or tried unsuccessfully to do, and that is be zany and wacky. Until you get to the third act, and then it's oh, we're all serious now. It's like yes, very serious. Everything, everything gets very serious. We've got to save the governor, and we've got to do this. And it's like oh, Mahoney's like, I'm going after the governor, and the music just pops, and starts starts getting really intense, and you're like, yeah, go Mahoney. Like, wait a second, what am I doing? What, what, What's happening? What, what? What? All of a sudden, I'm getting like this is turning into an adventure action film. And so those movies unsuccessfully tried to do that, at least with three and four, five and six. They just said, "What the fuck? Who cares? You guys, right. you guys are still paying to see these movies. We're just going to do whatever we want." And it yeah, shows. it's a money grab. Yeah, point. you can do whatever and, and get away with it. The only one I didn't watch was so they made them straight through eighty four through eighty nine, and then took a five year hiatus and came back in ninety four with Police Academy Mission to Moscow. And I remember mm. renting that in ninety four and turning it off after ten minutes. Like, no, 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 this is terrible. This is terrible. So I didn't, I didn't subject myself to that. So that's the journey I found myself going on last night. Can't say it's a recommendation for anyone else, but that's what I right. did. But just so someone knows that that the journey has been taken. That's correct. That's correct. And you live to tell the tale. You know, I promised Alejandra that I would start the uh, Lord of the Rings journey. And uh, I think she's going to be disappointed to hear that I've been, I I, I instead did a police academy journey. (laughs) (laughs) I, so I have a bad back. And uh, I think maybe, I don't know, sometime last year, I threw my back out. I was laid flat for like two days. And watched the extended cuts, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, that's like an all day sure. thing. And even though that was only like eight months ago or something, like I've been I've been itching to put them on again. I know. I'm gonna get to it, I promise. It's it's, it's again, it's for me it's a sure thing. Yeah. I'm gonna take a little trip to Middle Earth and I'm gonna enjoy my time there. Yeah, see, I got it. That's what everyone says, and I just know that I'm I, I'm, I'm going to make that journey. I, I really am. I really am. You are. You, you know? are. Well, you can – I mean, think of it like you're going to do the first film. Like, you're going to pick a day. You're going to watch the first film. That's it. 
That's it. You can just watch the first film and see how you like it and see if you're in the mood for more. Yeah, absolutely. There's no shame in that. No, no. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of like, I'll think of an actor and it's like, today I'm going to watch films with Clint Eastwood. So I did that on Sunday. There you go. Uh, like I'll just pick an actor and I'm like, okay, well, what by this actor is available on Netflix or on Amazon or whatever streaming service. And I'll just pick a couple of those. Maybe one I've seen, maybe one I've never seen before. Um, been doing a lot of that. Love it. Now that's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I, I do that every once in a while with directors. Honestly, you know mm-hmm. what? Who, you know, let me just uh, go through and see. Well, you know, have I seen everything that Spielberg's done? Yes. Have I seen everything that you know uh, Scorsese's done? No, no, I haven't watched After Hours. Let me watch that. Like I like I like going on those little journeys. And so it's those are fun. fun. I mean, it's a great excuse right now because there's just so much time on our hands. Absolutely indoors. Yes. But it's like, yeah, you can just kind of plan out a little movie marathon. Yeah, absolutely. Not saying it has to be the Police Academy marathon for everyone but you know what everyone's journey's different <laughs> so but on that note listen carmelita i want to tell you, say thank you so much for joining me on the show i'm glad you and your husband and your dogs are is it wait one dog or dogs one dog okay. ruby all right i'm glad you and your husband and ruby are safe and sound out there in, in california and i really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show if people want to follow you on social media you know on twitter if they want to just you know kind of engage in conversation with you because how can they do that no absolutely i am on twitter at Carmelita says, and yeah, you can find me there. I'm on Letterboxd. If anyone wants to see all of my movie activity, shamelessly how many hours a day I'm spending <laughs> watching movies, you can do that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Carmelita says. It is always a pleasure talking with you, Dana. Absolutely. I'm glad that you're doing well. well thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm glad that you're hunkering down and writing this thing out. Yes, and and trying to keep myself productive as possible. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate. I've been it. loving all the extra content from the Dana Buckler show, all the lockdown sessions, the Terminator series that yep. you and Mike are doing is awesome. Yeah, we've got two, we've got three and four recorded. I'm just getting through the editing process on those, so they'll be out soon. And then we're going to record Terminator Genesis in the next few days. And of course, we've got the YouTube live streams that we're trying to do at least twice a week. So you know, I'm keeping myself. It's look. I'm keeping busy. That's the best I can do right now. I love it. And so, you're helping to keep us sane. So I appreciate that. I, I appreciate talking with you today. Absolutely. So if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Dana Buckler Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Dana Buckler. You can follow me on Instagram at The Real Dana Buckler. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Dana Buckler Show. You can visit the website, thedanabucklershow.com, and you can email with questions or comments at thedanabucklershow at gmail.com. Carmelita, we'll definitely talk soon. Stay safe, my friend. You too. And my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.